I recently furnished my mother's entire new home with three furniture brands, all online, did every transaction online, only saw the furniture online because we're living in COVID. And because they had such great customer service and messaging services online constantly where I could say, look, this is the photo of my mother's living room. What do you think? Is this colour going to work? The size of the rug needs to be this. What I've ended up doing is building a relationship and I know the names of the people in customer services for those three companies by name. Whether they're even real or not, there could be chatbots, I don't know. But I feel like I've built an actual real relationship with three people who know everything there is to know about my mother's brand new home and every piece of furniture that I've purchased. From furnishing your mother's house, like Rose Herzig there, to changing a flight or arguing about being overcharged on our phone bill, messaging is in all of our customer service futures. In this ep, we're going to find out why it's so good. I'm Dan Monheit, and this is Connected, the show that dives into marketing's past and explores its future. If you haven't listened to our last ep yet, pop on over and do that first. In it, we took a trip back in time to revisit some of our most beloved messaging apps. What we learned was that although the text seems more sophisticated now, it's really just a reflection of how we've behaved for a really long time. There's one thing every business needs, and that's customers. And you know what's even better than a customer? A really happy customer. Billions of dollars are spent enticing people to purchase products every year. And yet so many brands still fall short when it comes to the little touches that really make people happy. Without a doubt, you've experienced bad customer service at some point and probably left a snarky online review as a result. But sometimes, as marketers, we need to road test our own customer service teams to see how the punters do. That's what the warehouse group's Jonathan Waker did, and boy, did it open his eyes. It was an incredible learning experience because I got to experience, you know, you, you come into a new company and in, in particular as a leader, you know, you try really hard not to tell people what you do or who you are because you really just want to experience what everybody else is experiencing. And this one time I was successful in that nobody knew who I was. And I got to experience what it was like to have a problem with a washer and a dryer. And it was a washer dryer that my partner and I had purchased from one of our brands and it had worked beautifully for two years and it broke through no fault of anyone's other than just broke. But then the process of trying to get it repaired was incredibly frustrating. And the thing that frustrated me most was the team, what was clear to me in hindsight, but at the time I didn't fully appreciate, they weren't empowered to solve the problem in the moment. And there was this hidden hierarchy behind the scenes that as a customer, you don't care about. And the way it felt to me as a customer in that moment was that this was a company that was making their problems my problem. And as a customer, you're kind of like, I don't really care. I just want you to fix it. Uh, I don't need to know why it's hard. I don't need you to make me feel like it's hard. I just want you to make me feel like it was easy. And it was an incredibly pertinent, just sticks with me experience. But it was cool because it was with one of our brands and so now we get to fix it. Jonathan isn't just head of marketing for New Zealand's biggest retailer. He's actually chief customer officer. So pleasing people is pretty much his J-O-B. The warehouse group has some real heft. It's made up of six key brands, 12,000 people, over 240 locations, and $3 billion in sales. That demands some serious customer service. And being an insightful sort of guy, Jonathan realized that while empowering his customer service team was an important step, 
he also needed to make them easier for his customers to reach. And that meant thinking about how people communicate today, which of course is through messaging. As a consumer, you know, I think it's kind of a tried and true medium, right? It's just that quick and instant kind of lightweight way to keep in touch with people. Now, in my personal life versus probably five years ago, I think people are more comfortable with adding people to WhatsApp groups or iMessage groups, et cetera, in a way that I hadn't seen that before. And then businesses, especially when it comes to service businesses like airlines or restaurants, I'm seeing messaging show up quite a bit for me personally um, when it comes to things like reservations um, or modifying things, changing flights, you name it. There's a very good reason more brands are making messaging a reality of their customer service experience today. People are crying out for it. I'll leave a fellow down to explain it better than I could. I'm Dan Walton. I'm a creative strategist here at Meta based in Sydney, working across both New Zealand and Australian markets. A recent survey across four global markets showed that 81% of people messaged a business to ask about products or services. So the desire is there. Messaging is no longer considered simply a place for brands to build FAQs uh, or as an extension to a help desk as it formerly has been known. So business messaging has evolved rapidly over the past few years and now can play an absolutely pivotal role in a way a brand is discovered, how it engages with its clients and audience and how it grows its customer base. We've seen with 51% of people saying that they're happy for a business to contact them via messaging, it's fast becoming an expected entry point to a brand. And it's this distinctly human desire for an easier way to communicate what we want that has Jonathan Waker pushing his team hard into messaging with customers. I think messaging has grown because especially with businesses, it just takes away a lot of the ceremony of having to call the call center, find the number, find a quiet space, go through the IVR where you're, you know, press one for this, press four for this. As a customer, you can kind of just say what you want and not feel guilty about getting to the point. And especially as a customer, so much of what I am trying to either achieve or reference, I either have in front of me or I'm looking on a website. And so if there's a problem with like an online order, I, you know, I have the reference number and all that, I can just put it into the chat. Or if I'm looking at something, I can just pop in a link and be like, here's what I'm thinking. And do you have it in stock? Is it available? Do you have it in this color? So you get past any potential miscommunication that you can kind of just get to it a little bit quicker. I also find that, again, you can do four things at once. It makes us all feel a little bit more superhuman because you can be making a reservation or solving a problem online while you're doing something for work, while you're doing something else. Not that I would ever advocate for everybody being in three places at once, but it gives you that ability to do it when you need to. Oh, my kids are going to love this new Marvel movie, Mr. Messenger. Anyway, Jonathan is absolutely right. The more things we can do at once, the more productive we feel. Hanging on a phone line waiting for someone to get around to finally speaking to us just seems so old and inconvenient. So the Warehouse Group implemented messaging for its customer service, and it started a whole lot of conversations. They soon learned people were hungry for information, but not just about something they'd bought, a whole raft of deeper questions as well. That took some adapting to. When it comes to Messenger, and Messenger for us as a channel is one that we're still learning with. We've done a really nice job, I think, in the paid and the organic media space. But as we've started working with Messenger, what we've realized is, you know, classic marketing comms are very one way. Like, I have things, I tell you things. Messenger gives you the chance to have a two-way conversation. And if you think about the types of talent you need to enable that or the types of AI technology you need to enable that, it's pretty different. And so the biggest piece of advice I would have is just really thinking about the experience you're trying to create and make sure that you're going after the missions that those customers have in the right priority order. So for us, you know, the thing that was most high on our list was where's my order? 
I want to pick it up in store. Okay, cool. After that, it was, are these things in stock? You get down to some other channels where some of the questions are things like, what sort of protection plan is right for me? Or I've had a problem with a washing machine and I'm in need of a repair or some help. You know, an untrained messenger platform isn't going to be very satisfying in that moment. And so then you really do need to make sure you have the right team, the right staff, all that good stuff to really take those questions. You really do need to kind of think about the journey and the different questions and reasons why people are reaching out to you. And then just make sure that you've armed whoever's operating your messenger platform with the right resources, knowledge base, et cetera, to be able to do that. We're integrated into Salesforce and we found that to be a really great solution because that gives us the benefit of all things um, single customer records, but then we can integrate really seamlessly into platforms like Messenger, like WhatsApp, et cetera, without having to do point-to-point integrations every time. Now, you've probably heard Jonathan mention AI a couple of times there. What he's referring to, or what us regular folks would just call chatbots. At the most basic level, they're on the front line of a lot of brand messaging, triaging incoming requests from customers, and where they can, offering quick and relevant answers. But as Jonathan points out, in a fast-paced retail world, with an ever-increasing rotation of products, this can create some serious complexity. If I think about our own use cases, a major area for improvement is actually having the right data available in our AI to be able to answer the questions customers are asking. And what I mean by that is customer sees a chat box on one of our sites and they want to ask it a very normal question like, do you have this or what goes with this? Or, you know, if you want to get so deep as you know who I am and you know what I've bought, so what else goes with the things I've bought before? And for that to happen, it requires a level of chat integration or messaging integration that's so much deeper than just here's my name and my order history. Like you have to have all your product data right. You have to have your availability data right. You have to have all of the attributes in structured formats that are clean. And for retailers, especially ones like us that are really going through some serious digital transformation, those are really hard jobs to complete. And so in the absence of those jobs, the experience feels really subpar. And that's a little bit where we are now. So our chatbots will tell you everything you want to know about your order. But if you ask it what goes with an iPhone 13, it'll fall down because it doesn't have all the right product data in there yet. And so we're fixing that as we speak. But it's an example where as a customer, you're like, why don't you know that? Because they don't appreciate all the integration challenges, nor should they. It should just work. Chatbots aren't new. And by now, most of us have probably had some hilarious slash frustrating interactions with early versions of them, which has given the whole category a bad name. But let's face it. People aren't entirely blameless in this equation. I know some of you, and you know who I'm talking to, have deliberately tried to break one of these, or at least ask an inappropriate question, just to kind of see how it would respond. In truth, we are a long way from artificial intelligence in any meaningful sense. But as Ollie Moore points out, chatbots are an incredibly useful jumping off point for most brands. I'm Ollie Moore. I'm a client partner at Meta people will want to contact you. And it's about giving people choice of their preferred channel. Phone, email has been there for a long time. Walk into a branch, walk into a shop. In terms of management of these conversations, yeah, there's technology required, but in essence, it's the same. You come into an entry point, what's the thing you're looking for today? And that can be done with AI quite simply. And then it will route the conversation where it needs to go in terms of, yes, it's a query about this product versus this product. So same principle, just slightly different way of doing it. 
once we build the muscle around seeing the value in these types of channels is then to like, what can we automate? It's good to be able to have these conversations, but that needs to be resourced with people. And we're now seeing at a stronger levels of automation to pick up those typical maybe FAQ type inputs and questions. And then what we'll do is we'll make sure those higher value conversations are diverted to specialists. There's higher qualified resources inside an organization. So, yeah, we're still probably, I think, at the very early stages of the evolution of this channel, this way of communicating with businesses. But our vision is that it will become the number one way that people and businesses communicate. We've still got a way to go. Right now, I think there is a great opportunity to connect people who have genuine interest in a product service with the person who can help them. I think person to person, and maybe then with some lightweight automation, just to help with kind of qualification of the conversation to make sure that we get someone to the right person. Where can automation go? I mean, some of the stuff we're working on right now is being able to fully automate a home loan pre-approval, something like that which would typically be quite an arduous process, filling out lots of online forms, maybe having to pick up the phone, speak to someone, or someone will call you to get more information. So those are the types of things that are absolutely possible today. And the way I think about it is anything you can do on a phone or on the internet, you can build in messaging. The way messaging is being used by brands like The Warehouse Group is awesome. Not only are they getting the tech set up, but they're investing in people and processes to ensure that when customers do reach out, it's a really smooth experience. It's all about blending the bots that can handle a multitude of routine inquiries with the humans who are able to finesse the process and ensure that every customer who needs it gets a personalized experience. So this is what it looks like today, but it's still early days. What does it look like in five years or 10 years time? Will we have better bots? Will the AI be even harder to distinguish from real people? You know, we've done heaps of research on the willingness of people to do certain things in messaging. The evidence is there they're very willing to have a conversation over messaging platforms. That's not under question. We're still, I think, at the early stage. I think teenage years is probably a good way to describe it. We've tried a few things, <laughs> maybe haven't worked, but we're really starting to see those really strong use cases show themselves. And we will develop our capability to kind of meet that demand. I still believe there is that supply and demand gap. I think people want to do these things. They want more convenience in their lives. I think the ability to be able to have messaging as a mature way of communicating with businesses when we're in those new kind of experiences in the metaverse, messaging is going to be the way that you interact. You're not going to scroll through a web page. That's very 2D. So that's kind of my view of where this is going. So I think back to today, businesses need to get on board and open up this channel. Otherwise, they're going to get left behind is the way I think about it. So far, we've looked at how businesses are using messaging to provide better customer service. But as with any new tech, those crafty creatives are getting their hands on the platform and using it to proactively draw new customers in. Let's hear from Meta's Dan Walton again. The reason that we're now seeing the role of messaging becoming more than a bolt-on to a campaign is because of an incredibly diverse roles it can play for a brand. So with the expansion of click-to-messenger placements, as well as real-world activation points such as QR codes, people now can be driven into an exciting consideration layer where they can really scratch below the surface of what a brand and its offerings can do for them. From discovering and buying holidays to virtually trying on makeup via like an AR filter, through to even buying a car. Messaging has become a one-stop shop for any brand. The beautiful thing about it is it's all housed on a platform that we're familiar with, uh, with the ability to collapse the funnel instantly. So from a creative perspective, the opportunities are near limitless. If you're thinking this all sounds a bit too high-tech and difficult for me, trust me, it can actually be really straightforward. 
Sometimes it's the simplest executions that show the potential of a platform at its best. So right now I'm gonna take a break while Dan explains how KitKat used its brand power to do some good during the pandemic alongside mental health charity, Are You Okay? Australia was in the depths of an ongoing COVID lockdown and mental health isolation and depression were on the rise. So to help combat this, KitKat and Are You Okay created the Are You Okay check-in on Messenger. The campaign took the user through a simple conversational guide on exactly how to correctly check in uh, on a friend or loved one who might not be doing so well. We created a series of engaging click-to-messenger ads uh, featuring Casey Donovan and Rob Mills, two long-term ambassadors of the AUOK brand, and created a series of short educational films that guided the user through the process of how to correctly check in on both yourself and those around you. It was a really interesting use of the platform in the way that was very personal. You're talking about very uh, emotionally charged conversations. So it, it proves that Messenger could be taken away from that role of almost like a robotic FAQ through into that actually a deeper connection with the user. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Using a conversational platform to spark conversations? <laughs> it is so obvious, yet so, so powerful. So that's the pitch. It's a platform we already know how to use, and it can be integrated with heaps of other technology to make our lives even easier or make spending our money even easier, at least. But it's also growing those customer relationships. Jonathan mentioned it too. These are two-way conversations that kind of put the power back in the hands of the customer, giving them a channel they actually like, messaging, says, hey, we care about your experience. So if you've been inspired to dive deeper into the world of messaging for your business, then Jonathan has a few really good tips to help you get started. I think there are certain experiences where the digital experience and the messaging experience can be really good, but you are trying to now coordinate quite a few people to all be pushing the customer forward into an experience that's right for them. And you have to have a really good documentation behind the scenes or a really good platform. So every time that there's a handoff, the customer doesn't feel like they're starting from scratch or that the person they talked to before was better than the person they're talking to now because you want the relationship to be a consistently good one. And that requires quite a bit of operational training and quite a bit of documentation behind the scenes so that everybody who's interacting with that customer can pick up where the last person left off. His next tip, rip up those call center rule books. Let's call it decision-making, which was right in a call center world. The minute you put it into a messenger world, it kind of falls down. Like an example I would mean with that is, at what point do you refund the customer without asking any questions, right? And in a phone world, those environments are structured for hierarchy. It's kind of a live environment. It's totally appropriate for someone to put someone on hold, ask a question, all those things. But in a real-time chat world, if you know who I am, you know I've never had a refund problem before. By the way, the value of this refund is like, let's call it under 20 bucks. Actually, just give the money back and move on because the cost of actually learning more after that point isn't really worth it. And if you know for a fact that someone isn't abusing the system, then like more power to them. And what we've realized and what we've seen is that we actually have to start to reset quite a few of our processes to enable better messenger and chat interactions because they weren't built for that, right? And also when you're in a messenger interaction, there's so much more data available to the person on the other side or the AI to be able to make those choices quickly and to the benefit of the business, not the detriment. It's customer service, just not as we know it. Now, remember back at the top of the episode when Rose Herzig told us about furnishing her mum's entire house with three different retailers using nothing but chat? Rose is a top strategist and president of WPPAUNZ. 
so she knows a thing or two about business innovation. And that experience gave her an insight into when messaging is at its finest. And this might surprise you, it is all about empathy. This only works when human meets human, even if that human is a fabricated version of a human. But this stuff only works when it's driven by an emotional response to an emotional response. It's funny, I've just realised now that I've never picked up the phone to one of those three people in that particular example. I haven't spoken to one of them. All of it's been online, all of it's been through a chat function or through SMS, sometimes on WhatsApp. It's just been typed messaging. And every time I felt like my emotions were met. So this works only when you can get to the nub of humanity. That's the key to all of this. Big thanks to WPP's Rose Herzig, The Warehouse Group's Jonathan Waker, and Meta's Dan Walton and Ollie Moore for speaking with us for this episode. And remember, subscribe or follow to get all of our future episodes. Connected is a Clearhaze consulting production for Meta ANZ. It's executive produced by Meta's Georgina Gellert and Alexandra Sloan, and produced by Alex Hayes, Janelle Lawrence, Sophie Woods, and Leah Young. Episodes are written by Anna Spargo-Ryan, with music, sound design, and editing by Adrian Breakspear and production support from Akansha Singh. I'm Dan Monheit, and until next time, this is Connected from Meta.